The Twins walk off the Tigers in the series opener on a crazy final play. We're going to break it down with Brandon Warren on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. And welcome to our Locked On Twins postcast, another edition. I'm the host of Locked On Twins, Nash Walker, here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Brandon Warren. Before we get started, I want to tell you, thank you, Rock Auto, for always supporting Locked On and our Locked On Twins postcast. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Go to rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Brandon insane final play here just almost laughable the twins walk off the tigers that's two walk-off wins in a row where do you even want to start with this one they want a snowball fight at the end there usually snowball fights actually hurt the twins at target field but just an impressive team win i know obviously you can't be too psyched about how caleb thielbar fared and then emilio pagan giving up the home run but this is a team winning a game in which their top three hitters went 0 for 11 with four strikeouts. Again, this is a team that seems to be leading a charmed life at this point. And then two white Sox get beat up. Things are trending in opposite directions for teams that were, uh, that we saw at the beginning of the season. So, um, you know, it's funny what you're feeling right now. doesn't mean it's going to stay that way in baseball, but the twins fans, twins and their fans should be riding a high off this one. Yeah. Ninth inning starts with eight straight balls from Gregory Soto. I will say the first pitch to Larnick was a strike. Called the ball, but eight straight balls, two walks for the Twins first and second. Nobody out, 4-3 game, and pandemonium ensued. Miguel Sano comes up with one out. Soto paints three pitches to Kepler just out of nowhere, and then Sano comes up, rips the ball to right field. Grossman drops it. Twins just find a way here, and I'm glad they did, Brandon, because Chris Paddock gave them another strong start, this time his first at target field. Yeah, and gave them, what was it now, 87 pitches, 60 strikes, six strikeouts. I mean, he... He's hitting on all the marks, no home runs. You know, we're going to have to, again, keep an eye on that because when he gets into trouble, it's home runs. And it reminds me a little bit of Phil Hughes where the rest of the numbers could look good, but home runs will do in an otherwise good pitcher quite quickly. Same is true for Emilio Pagan out of the bullpen. But yeah, I think so far the early returns on Paddock, the sheriff as he goes by, have been very, very encouraging. I think the Velo looked good. Sound like the changeup was pretty good. I listened to it on the radio for a little bit as I was driving around besides watching it on TV. And yeah, just a, just an impressive outing by Paddock, getting closer to 100 pitches, and you've got to be enthused about his early returns. This The story of this game was Javier Baez driving in four runs, drives a double off the wall in right field with two outs and hits a three-run homer. Looked like it was going to cripple the Twins there in the top of the eighth inning to go up 4-3. And I was going to ask you at that time, it was our shortstop, the Twins shortstop, against the Tigers shortstop. And Correa's just not getting it done. He's 0 for 4 with three strikeouts tonight. I know there's this patience with Carlos Correa. And I do want to talk to you about that article today at The Athletic. There's this patience with him. We know who he is, what he's going to do. But at a certain point, it's when. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And I think he's been, you know, as advertised or close to it defensively. So he hasn't been a complete zero. But I can see... I haven't seen much of this, but I could see Twins fans kind of lamenting him as the new Andrelton Simmons, which 
you and I both know is preposterous, but a lot of times when a player comes in and has hype and doesn't show up, fans don't really look for the conventional answer or the fact that Correa, when he's at his best, is about two or three times the player Simmons is. So, yeah, it's frustrating, and I get it. And then, two to see the other... I'm, I'm one of the other of a uh, frustrating situation for fans. We lost you for just a second there, but you came back, uh, which is good. Um, good. Yes. So the athletic Ken Rosenthal had an article today on Carlos Correa. And I remember you had tweeted about this when he first signed the deal. And I think it was the first thing we thought of naturally is he signed this deal with the twins. Is there any chance it's going to go beyond a year? And I remember you had said, you just kind of had a feeling that they were going to pony up and, and bring him an offer. Maybe after this year, in the middle of the season, they have a, a leg up now with him already on the team. But where are you standing with that? We've read Correa loves it. It seems like he fits like a glove, Brandon. I'm honestly upset that I haven't written it yet because I was going to write it yesterday. And I've had situations where I've seen or felt something was going to happen and didn't write it or did write it, and I can get out in front of it. So I, I was going to write it yesterday that I think – you know, it makes sense. You could have two big dollar amounts to Korea and Buxton, and then you're going to be filling in with guys like Royce Lewis, Austin Martin, even Jorge Polanco are not going to be making big bucks. It makes sense to have those two guys in their late-ish 20s on long-term deals as your cornerstones with a turnstile filled with high-end offensive prospects coming up. That's, I think, the best way you can build a team. And I think we're seeing it in Toronto where they're building around maybe more high-priced pitching and young-hitting but if you can get two high-priced vets, the caliber of Correa and Buxton, and Buxton's price is paling in comparison to how good he's been, uh, I think you got to do it. So I think I'm thinking nine years, 270 million is kind of where I'd start. He's probably going to want more per year, but if you give him the years, maybe he comes down a bit. But I think it's a good fit for both sides, and I hope that's uh, what they're considering right now. The upside of the first like three or four years of that deal, this year's included in that, of course, already set yeah, in stone yeah. would be. Would be crazy. BetOnline.net, it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. Unfortunately, the Timberwolves did not get it done tonight. In the start of the Major League Baseball season, Twins are 9-8, and eight, still in first. White Sox lose again. They're 6-10. and 10. Brandon, let's talk about Baldelli's moves tonight. Just felt like Yohan Duran was not available. I would have been maybe rattled as a Twins fan if Duran got up there in the ninth because I would have said, why didn't he pitch to Javier Baez or why didn't he pitch after yeah. Tyler Duffy? What did you think of going to Theobar, keeping him in there eventually, led to the home run? It's not his fault. Pagan gave up the homer, but Theobar clearly didn't have it. And I think that they went all last week without allowing an inherited runner to score. So that kind of – those things can snowball on you pretty fast. It It's easy to second guess in the sense that Theobar has obviously not been good. I mean, he's got a double-digit ERA right now. But it's a guy who built up some equity over how good he was the last couple years. And at the same time, it very quickly is becoming apparent that the, that he's going to you know, kind of slide down the, the bullpen hierarchy. We've seen Tyler Duffy slide down a bit. And beyond that, I think Griffin Jacks, with a very impressive outing tonight, is going to move up in that hierarchy. So it's it's a just kind of a, a finding who's capable of what right now. And I don't blame them for trying Thielbar. It just seemed like, yeah, it got out of hand. And to go to Pagan there made sense to me. It just didn't work out. What do you think about that? My assumption that Duran is not available today. 
I think it's accurate because otherwise, yeah, he should have absolutely worked in that spot. Then again, the only thing I can think of is what if they want him working clean innings? You know, they, they have had some guys come along where they haven't had them start innings or they've had them start innings as opposed to putting them into hot water. I don't really know if you'd protect Duran like that. Maybe you would, but my sense would be that he wasn't available. If he was, then I'm scratching my head about as much as I was for taking garlic out. Now, Larnick walked on four pitches to start the ninth, but Larnick's only plate appearance was against a lefty throw in 99. That, that makes no sense to me. That was very predictable at that point in the game that Gregory Soto would be available and that garlic should have hit there. I was going, I was going to ask you, I wrote down postcast Larnick replaces garlic in the sixth that set up left, right, left for Gregory Soto. Who's just mm-hmm. so nasty in the ninth and they got lucky. He lost it for yep. seven pitches at least, but I wasn't going to ask you about that. So twins are up one, nothing in this series. They've won five in a row. Wasn't, wasn't a dominating win, but they found a way. They walked him off there on a on a wild final play. Brandon, they'll go for the series win tomorrow with Joe Ryan facing off against old friend Michael Pineda. Weird to see Pineda on my sheet and have yeah. it be a Tiger. Yeah, no, and uh, it looks like he's kind of doing the same thing. 89-90, shaking his hand after every pitch, but being around the strike zone. He was a little behind. I think he had, was it visa issues or something coming in, so he was a little behind. I'll be curious to see how the Twins fare against him. Part of it because they've seen a lot of him, and part of it just because his stuff has diminished a fair amount since he was first a twin, or even since we saw him his last few years with the Yankees when he was kind of at his best before he had TJ. But, yeah, I think it's he's going to have to work on or or rely on location. He's going to have to rely on all those sorts of things that he did here to another level because I think the stuff has diminished even a bit more. But it's going to be fun to see him on the other side and hopefully the twins can give him one of his, uh, you know, two, three home runs and four or five innings and, and grab another W. Twins win tonight. Crazy final play. Chris Paddock pitches very well, set the tone. Javier Baez, homer and a double, drove in four. Should be a fun rest of the series. Brandon, thank you so much. Twins five in a row, nine and eight after starting four and eight. Awesome to see. Brandon, thank you. We'll talk again tomorrow, sir. You bet. Be good.